our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for adults. Listener discretion is advised. like oh i'm not the only one i was like nah dude we're cool and then we chest bumped and that's how a homeless guy became my best friend just hit record whenever you want it's already recording now everyone knows that you pee your pants if i laugh really hard and i'm not editing it out i don't have any fucking shame (laughs) you don't (laughs) i don't give a shit hello everyone it is once again Martinis in the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. I am Erica, and I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Billy. I already peed before we started. That's a good thing. You emptied out the, the tube. Yep. So tonight, we are going to be discussing a phenomenon most people refer to as spontaneous human combustion. In short vernacular, SHC. We'll probably be referred to it as SHC. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and go on record as uh, saying, like, if, if this is real, which there, there is speculation, you know, we'll get into that. If it is, this is the most horrifying fucking thing <laughs> I can think of. Because, <clears throat> like, okay, if you're at a haunted house and you find out it's haunted, you leave. You win. If there's a serial killer that only targets women with long blonde hair, change your hair color and cut it. There. Spontaneous human combustion, you could just go up. Yeah, just right there, anytime. Your whole, like your whole body could just be like, I wonder what the inside of the sun's like. And then it just does it. <laughs> <laughs> just burns the fuck up. And I, and I think it's kind of creepy, honestly, how it's human combustion. Uh-huh. Is there spontaneous cat combustion? I've never seen it. I mean, could our cat turn into a road flare instantly? Maybe. Keep an eye out for that little fucking Roman candle yeah. walking around here. Watch out for Pee-wee. She might erupt. Or could you imagine a bird flying and then just like like a car- That would be your worst nightmare, wouldn't it? Oh, God. There, I have a you hit- don't like birds. I have. I love birds. They don't like me. <laughs> I have a history with birds, and I think they're out to kill me. They want to murder him. <laughs> They've dive-bombed me. They've went into my car while I'm driving. At a very busy intersection, nonetheless. I would have loved to have been... In the car at the time to see you flailing your arms. Yeah, that motherfucker at behind the red me. Light. That motherfucker behind me got a show. <laughs> and wasn't there a time when uh, hit you in the chest? Yeah, dive bomb me in the chest when I was on the porch, and I was wearing 
an affliction shirt that had a bird on it. So I thought maybe he was like chest bumping his homie. Yeah, he wanted to be with Somi. And he hit my sternum. <laughs> well, then I guess he was kind of with his homie. Do you think the bird was like, Dad? And then like just dive bombed into me. <laughs> no, they don't like you. Well, he didn't spontaneously combust, that's for no. sure. At least not when he hit me. <laughs> so spontaneous human combustion is just a general term. That encompasses reported cases of combustion of living or very recently deceased human bodies. We don't have any reports of animal bodies. Yet. In these uh, reports, they have no apparent external source of ignition. So the term SHC, or spontaneous human combustion, is basically the idea behind it. Um, it was first coined in 1746, so this goes back a long way. This goes back, like, uh, I mean, it... I'm not Don't gonna, try and do math. I'm not going to fact check, but, I mean, are we talking, like, bubonic plague? Is that... Maybe. Maybe, that might like, around there. Around that time. Or I want to think that's around more, like, 14 or 1500s. Or both. The bubonic plague could have lasted a long fucking time. I think there were waves of the bubonic plague. Hey, that's an episode we can do later. We can cover the bubonic plague. I, dude, seriously, can I, can I, can I do the episode? I remember I did a term paper in high school on the bubonic plague, not like Geronimo, but like pertaining remember, to this. You remember that? I have it. You have it. Yeah, it's in my glove box. I keep it everywhere. Mm. You never know when you're gonna need a term paper on the bubonic plague. You never know when you're gonna need a good conversation starter. Is what I'm saying. I actually do have my college term paper. And it was excellent, and I think I'm going to keep it. I have my term paper. In your glove box, yes. From high school. I never went to college. <laughs> so, in 1946, a man by the name of Paul Rowley published an article in Philosophical Transactions, which is a scientific journal. Forensic That's weird. That's weird to see that. Because now, now I guess you play on like modern society where like we have short things. Time! Life. Maxim. Philosophical transactions. transactions. <laughs> Get your subscription today. Yeah, well, it's probably not around anymore. You don't know. You didn't do the research on that part. Um, forensic investigations have tried to analyze reported cases of SHC and have drawn hypotheses on potential causes and mechanisms. The current scientific consensus is that most of the cases overlooked an external source of ignition. So basically, science is trying to say, nah, this is what really happened. People that are kind of on the fringe go, but wait, you might just explode. Yeah, but it's like, oh, this could have been an outside source of ignition. You mean like the fireplace did it? Because if that's the case, how's the motherfucker's shoes sitting there untouched? The, the you know? fireplace, a candle, um, embers from a cigarette, cigar, pipe. Things like that. Yeah. I could see that for sure, totally. Well, one of the noted common themes in early SHC is alcoholism. Oh, fuck. Mm. You just increased your chances rapidly. We increased it. Yay. Drink up. We're gonna die. Mm. Better get the marshmallows handy. Oh, speaking of... This is our second episode, and our son today told me, go back and listen to it. We're going to do a drinking game. 
we're going to do a drinking game, and he texted me today after listening to the episode, and he said, you know, you should drink every time you guys say why. (laughs) (laughs) If we go back and actually do that, I think we'll be dead. That's what I told him. That's what I told him. Uh, He was like, you'd be so drunk. I said, we'd be dead. Blair Adams, his whole case is like the most mysterious peak of anything I've ever heard. It's just the weirdest, trippiest, why scenario that you can have. (laughs) We're not saying do it, but if you do it, film it and put it on our Facebook page. Yes. Or, um... You can even just comment and tell us how many drinks you made it through. We'll try to read the comments because by that time you'll be fucking... We'll, we'll try and go through and we'll count how many it. times we said why in that episode and see how far you made it percentage-wise. Oh, and discounts too. What? what? That? Drink. <laughs> yeah, that, that one too. <laughs> Anytime we're exasperated and questioning life. <laughs> So people blow up when they drink, apparently, right? Uh, well, in 1823, a book titled Medical Jurisprudence. You know, I gotta cut in again. I'm sorry. Could you imagine, you know, that, that one person you know who's drunk that wants to fight you? You know what I'm <laughs> what, talking about? What, you gonna fight? You gonna like, fight me about it? You would just go put... Just push, push your dukes up. Push your dukes up, you bitch. Just I'll put your dukes up. Box your fucking ears. And then their belly button glows, and they catch fire... You'll never drink again. I've that, never had that happen. That's what I'm saying. Good. But if it's associated with alcoholism and they spontaneously combust as humans do, not cats, I guarantee you if you saw that in a bar fight, you'd be like, well, I'm done drinking. <laughs> yep. Nope. That man turned into a Roman fucking candle. <laughs> and he just had cores. Well, in 1823, uh, medical jurisprudence... Uh, stated that there were commonalities among the recorded cases. Wait, is this another fucking magazine? It's a book. I just said it's a book. Oh, sorry. It's in your writing right in front of you. A book. Stop yelling at me. B-O-O-K. Book. M-O-O-N. That spells book. The homeless hobo (laughs) was beheaded at the hostel. In Hungary. Oh, shut up. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha ha ha. So, in this book, he said there's certain characteristics. Quote, the recorded cases have these things in common. One, the victims are chronic alcoholics. Two, they are usually elderly females. Look out, ladies. Three, the body has not burned spontaneously, but some lighted substance has come into contact with it. Four, the hands and feet usually fall off. They just fall off. Fuck it, you don't need them. You're already on fire. Hey, I've had toes fall off my hands, so I've, I'm not putting that too far past mm. what could happen. You know, they say stop, drop, and roll, but if your stomach and everything catches fire, you're done. There's, don't run, and yeah. it's already too late. <laughs> Five, the fire has caused very little damage to combustible things in contact with the body. Six, the combustion of each body has left a residue of greasy and fetid ashes, very offensive in odor, end quote. That end of that quote was fucking awesome. I've never heard those <laughs> words together before. Fetid ashes. Greasy greasy and fetid ashes of a f- offensive in odor. Very offensive in odor. That's fucking gross. <laughs> and a wicked heavy metal album name. Yes, I was just thinking that. 
So we found in our research well, that we are meant to be together. We are. <laughs> uh, we found in our research that in some cases these might be true, but definitely not in all of them. Especially like why women. You mean like if you go like listeners, if, if you're on Google right now, you could look it up and you'll see pictures, very crazy pictures. Are, are you telling me those are all women? No, actually, a lot of them that I've seen have been men. But remember, this was a book back in the 1800s. Yeah. So, who knows what happened back then. Things were crazy. Maybe women just blew up. (laughs) That's like an evolutionary trait. You know how, like, in a couple hundred years, we're probably not going to have appendixes anymore? What if back then women just blew the fuck up? (laughs) Oh, I can't stand this PMS anymore! Women are inherently allergic to schnapps and just didn't fucking know. Gives a new meaning to hot damn, right? They had their oh! big martini and just... Yeah. I can only have one. I can't stay out to the... <laughs> well, to test all these theories... In... Hey, they set a person on fire. <laughs> that is so not true. How do you test a theory about human combustion? They went back and examined the cases... Here's Steve. Drink this moonshine. Uh, Keep drinking. No. God, I want to be a part of this. In, in 1984, an extensive two-year research project involving <clears throat> 30 historical cases of alleged SHC was conducted. They looked at cases that already happened. They didn't set them on fire. Lame. This was done by scientific investigator Joe Nickel and forensic analyst John F. Fisher. Now... I'm sure in the future, Joe Nickel will show up again because he's, like, ass deep in, like, everything that you can possibly fucking study that's questionable. Because I've seen him in a lot of shit. But in this case, they had a two-part report that was published in the Journal of International Association of Arson Investigators. I'll tell you what, man. That's a mouthful. Joe Nickel, is that his name? Yes. I bet you he doesn't get a lot of dates. I bet you that date where it's like, so what do you do? And then he just like opens his mouth and all that shit comes out that he studies and everything. Nickel has appeared on TV documentaries. He's conducted additional research and has written frequently on the subject. He sounds like a superhero battling a villain. He'll stop at nothing. (laughs) He has also lectured at the New York Academy of Fire Science at Montour Falls, New York as a guest instructor. So basically, he is balls deep in this shit and other subjects, as I have found, searching through all kinds of shit. <laughs> Do you think, like, at this convention or, you know, whenever he speaks as a guest, he's always... Because, like, how many guys are you going to find that are going to speak on the subject? There's always the one guy who's a definitive expert and everything. And they're like, okay, so that's how you put out a fire with... Um, you know, with powder and, and, instead of liquid. Or, or, you know, this is how... Phosphorus you just can't put out because it just keeps burning. All right, and here to talk to you about it, spontaneous human combustion is Joe Nickel. And everybody's like, oh, god damn. Buzzkill. I got to go pee. <laughs> I'll meet you in the lobby. Just fucking tell me what he's taking notes he's for He's going to ruin everything I thought. Uh. God, he wouldn't shut the fuck up, remember? <laughs> Nickel and Fisher's investigation looked at cases in the 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries. It showed that the burn bodies were near plausible ignition sources, uh, as I said before, candles, lamps, fireplaces, 
Um, sometimes this fact has been omitted from popular accounts as a way to hype up the mysterious phenomenon. It's all a trick. That's all we're doing. Mm-hmm. Pulling the wool over your fucking eyes. That's right, because it can happen to anyone at any time. Now, here's my question. This has been um, 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries, and when you look at in terms of electricity and the light bulb, in our history, the light bulb's not that old. So, is that fair? There's always a fucking candle lit. That's how you see. Yeah. This is like the 1800s. There's always going to be a candle fucking somewhere. Yeah, but they're saying that these people, that was a plausible external source of ignition. Yes. And that they didn't really... Well, it was plausible because it's all they had. Combust. I would, I would accept it as a plausible source of external ignition if it happened last Wednesday at our neighbor's house. Well... Because they have light bulbs. They have LED lights and all that stuff. And then like, oh, and he had a Yankee candle. And now he's gone. I'd be like, damn, they were right. But it was like 1800s. It's like, well, come the fuck on. Everybody has a fucking candle. Well, we'll get into some cases, and some of them are fairly recent. So we'll, we'll get into that. Is our neighbor okay? I don't know. Have you checked? I don't really care that much. Might have I, combusted. I hope he's. If, it, if it's Jimmy across the street, I, you know. Fuck <laughs> I it. would believe it because he is an alcoholic. Oh, God, shit. <laughs> If it's Joyce next door, I will kick in the door and save her. She, yes. is, she is a doll. She's the best ever, but Jimmy... Hmm. It'll be fine. Go with God, Jimmy. Yeah. The investigators also concluded there was a correlation between alleged SHC deaths and the victims of drunkenness or other incapacitation, which could have caused carelessness with fire and made them less able to properly respond to an accident. So would this be like falling asleep with a lit cigarette? Something like that. Or along those lines. Some biological reason that they've become unconscious, had a heart attack, along those lines. They also noted the victim's clothing as a significant fuel source in cases where the destruction of the body was not extensive. You know, when they danced around in gasoline <laughs> in their pajamas. Yeah, I get it. When destruction was extensive... Additional fuel sources were involved, such as chair stuffing, floor coverings, the floor itself, those kind of things. They described how these materials formed a cyclic <clears throat> process called the wick effect, or candle effect, which we will cover in more depth later. According to the investigation, objects nearby were undamaged because fires tend to burn upward and burn laterally, which means to the sides, with some difficulty. Can I say... Um, if I may, this is actually kind of interesting because I've seen all the, the black and white photos and some of the color photos and everything. And what does really interest me is how nothing else around them catches fire. But yet, you know, you have houses burning down at Christmas because of a faulty light in a tree. Or mm -hmm. you have uh, just a slight little ember that comes off of the fireplace that catches the carpet. And carpets go up like crazy. How'd that happen? Exactly. That's just That's just weird. In and of itself, human combustion or not, it's just weird how there's such a there's a fire or a blast or something so devastating yet isolated. Yes. Weird. Like they said, burning to the sides is kind of difficult with fires. The fires in questionable SHC were relatively small, which allowed them to achieve considerable destruction by the wick effect. Objects nearby may not have been close enough to catch fire themselves. Similar to us standing next to a campfire and we don't go up in flames. Yeah, but we would go up in flames if we were made out of grass. 
I mean, a person sitting on a couch is sitting on something flammable. They even said it themselves. Seat cushions, the stuffing and seat cushions, that's flammable. Yeah, but so you, is the cushion next to them. But do you think about, like, wildfires, what we've seen when there's been droughts, how fires can cross over roads and stuff from trees to other trees. Yeah. That stuff's flammable, but really, humans aren't initially flammable. We will burn, but it's going to take a minute. Speaking of wildfires, uh, you're getting this later, but we're recording this now, like shortly after the Gatlinburg uh, fire, and uh, hearts go out to them. That's fucking awful what happened. It is. It's a goddamn shame. Anywhere that they've had wildfires like that, I, I couldn't imagine having to try and escape from something like that. Dude, I looked at the list today, and like damn near every resort, two or three neighborhoods, they all just went up. Wow. Yeah. All right, now that I brought the show to a fucking standstill, let's... Boop-a-doop-boop-boop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweetie, before you uh, start again, do you want me to refresh your drink? Sure. I'm getting up anyway. So, Nickel and Fisher cautioned against, quote, single, simplistic explanation for all unusual burning deaths, end quote. But they rather urged investigating, quote, on an individual basis. So, some suggested explanations of SHC. First, there's natural explanations. Supposedly, almost all SHC cases involve people with poor mobility from advanced age or obesity, coupled with poor health. They show a high likelihood of having died in their sleep or of being incapacitated once they caught fire. I'm making you a drink. Yes, you are. And it will be delicious, I am sure. Bet your ass. Cigarettes are often noted as a fire source, as the improper disposal of smoking material causes one in every four fire deaths in the U.S. Natural deaths, such as heart attacks, may kill a smoker. Then they drop the cigarette, which leads eventually to smoldering of their clothing. What did I say? And? Get fired. I'm just going back. I said a thing earlier, remember? <laughs> yeah. Smart. The wick effect hypothesis suggests that an external fire source, like a cigarette, chars the clothing where it was dropped, and then it starts splitting the skin and releasing subcutaneous fat. Ew. This fat is in turn absorbed into the clothing, creating a wick, like a candle. The clothing, or wick, helps to retain melted fat to burn and destroy more of the body which yields more liquefied fat to burn, and so on. This cyclic process that they explained with the wick effect where you just ooze more fat and then you burn some more and you ooze some more fat and then you burn some more and yummy. They basically turn into human candles, only burning out once the fuel is gone, i.e. the fat source and clothing. Thank you. So... Because the feet and hands usually have less fat to burn and they're not typically near the clothing, that's why they tend to remain untouched most of the times. This hypothesis has been tested with pig tissue successfully and is consistent with evidence from SHC cases. Brian J. Ford, an independent research biologist, author, and lecturer. What are you looking for? Just seeing where you are. I'm just trying to... I'm down here. Brian J. Ford. Yeah! Got it. I just want to be a part of things. Okay. I'll include you. Don't, you're, don't make me laugh too hard. You're awesome. 
Oh my god. Stop it. I'm blushing. Oh, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking nerd. You're a fucking nerd. So as I was saying, Brian J. Ford, who is an independent research biologist, author, lecturer. All around badass. I don't know who he is, but still, I just wanted to put that in there. (laughs) He has suggested that ketosis, uh, possibly caused by alcoholism or low-carb dieting, produces acetone in the body, which you may be familiar with acetone being in, like, nail polish remover. So, if your body produces acetone, as he suggests, it makes the body highly flammable, and this could lead to what is apparently spontaneous combustion. SHC can also be confused with suicide by self-immolation. Which I don't get. Those are two separate... And self-immolation, for those of you who may not know, is is awful. It's just awful. (laughs) It's when you set yourself on fire. Remember the monk? That's the most common, commonly seen video, and you can find many, many cases of self-immolation online. I do gotta say, regarding that photo, though, and all the photos that were taken, Mm -hmm. he held great fucking poise. Yeah, he didn't move at all. He didn't fucking move or go, oh my god, I'm on fire, because he did it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, now, I sound like I'm ignorant now, but was he protesting, um, I think, I want to say it was the Vietnam War. I believe so. But yeah. he believed, whatever the fuck he did, he believed it, because he sat there and, like a statue, he, it, yeah. it looked like a statue on fire. Yeah, he was doing it at a protest, but in developing countries, the figure can be as high as 40% of suicides by self-immolation. Mm. I mean, I've seen multiple videos of people doing that, either for protest or for suicide. So... In um, certain parts of the country where you give somebody a necklace, do you know what I'm talking about? Where you put the tire, the tire around their neck? Mm-hmm. That's usually in Africa. Is that, that's not self-immolation, is that like, what would you call that? Immolation. Immolation. Necklacing. That's usually what it's referred necklacing. to as necklacing. necklacing. Yeah. You see it a lot in Africa. They, they put a rubber tire around people's necks and set it on fire because the rubber tends to burn very hot and for a long period of time it's quite a gruesome way to go i've seen it a lot though when they've the person has already been deceased and then they do it just to kind of destroy the body yeah oh billy's education corner this is for educational purposes only only you hear me Okay, so from what I've read and from what I've seen in videos, not videos I've seen that are horrible, but scientific videos, I've learned the best way to get rid of a body is to put the body inside of a trunk on top of the spare and set the spare on fire. Because of how rubber burns, the way that it burns, how hot it burns and everything, and that the body actually is sitting over the spare, there's space for air to go underneath the body, so by the time the flames are put out, there's like damn near literally nothing left. But you would probably have to leave the trunk open, right? No, the trunk can stay closed. But you don't have enough air coming in. The the experiment I saw, the, tr- the trunk was closed. But there was like nothing was left. Was this quote-unquote experiment with a quote-unquote human? Not human. Okay. Not human. <laughs> no. I believe it was like a dead animal or something like that. Like a dead pig or something. Yeah, a lot of the tests I've seen for SHC have been with pig carcasses because they their flesh so closely resembles humans. But yeah, that's what they said. Is like a, it creates like a sort of like imagine smoke as like a mushroom and the mushrooms going over your body 
and curling underneath your body because you're on the, like a basically like a steel pillar and it just burns you just you the more well, you would be a rubber pillar well the rubber will eventually you're be gone on the tire. and by that time you're already on fire what it's doing from what i gather is you're burning and as you're burning you're getting hotter yeah, continuously. I, I understand that, but I know you also need oxygen to feed the fire, so that's why I was assuming you would have to leave the trunk open. They didn't leave it open, but... I don't know. I'll double check. I didn't watch that shit. Alright. <laughs> so, unverified natural phenomena. Before that, like I said, in developing countries out in the east... We went off the rails on this one. We did. The figure of uh, for self-immolation as a form of suicide can be as high as 40%, but here in the west, where we are... Uh, it's about only 1% of suicides. So, the next suggested explanation is unverified natural phenomena, which encompasses just whatever the fuck you can think of, I guess. <laughs> In 1976, writer Michael Harrison wrote his book, Fire from Heaven, and he wrote that SHC is connected to poltergeist activity. Because why not? <laughs> he argues, quote, the force which activates the poltergeist originates in and is supplied by a human being. SHC, fatal or non-fatal, belongs to the extensive range of poltergeist phenomena. End quote. You know, and to be honest with you, with how weird spontaneous human combustion is, mm -hmm. his theory is no more worse than anybody else's theory. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, possible. Why not? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, just say poltergeist did it yeah they'd be like it wasn't a poltergeist but like how do you know it wasn't a poltergeist and they're like prove it i, I, I don't know yeah <laughs> disprove that shit let's see blame everything on poltergeist from now on <laughs> you would billy why are you passed out drunk in the front yard the poltergeist was inside i just wanted to be outside <laughs> poltergeist made me do it there wasn't a poltergeist billy prove it <laughs> i win the argument and if I win that argument, I will post that on Facebook because it'll be one of the only times since I think the 1970s that a husband has won an argument. So I'm going to keep pushing for that. I'm going to put a lot of eggs in that basket. From here on out, it's a poltergeist. I disagree. Prove it. Damn it. Mark the time. <laughs> Guys, we did it. I don't know why, but like the arms of an angel song came on in my head. In his 1995 book, A Blaze. With an exclamation point. Yes. That's gangster. Larry E. Arnold proposed a new pseudo-scientific subatomic particle. <laughs> Do it again. Say it again. Say it. Wait, Pseud wait, wait. Say it quick. Pseudo-scientific subatomic particle. God damn. That's good. And for being drunk, yeah. <laughs> so this supposed subatomic particle, which he called Pyrotron. <laughs> Sounds like a villain in, in, like, Tron. Yeah. Pyrotron. Wins fatality. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you're snorting. <laughs> Because it makes you think of spontaneous human combustion. I thought this earlier today when I was going over the notes and everything. I'm like, you know, nowadays, like, he would look at him and be like, that motherfucker got hit by Luke Kang. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
You're gonna start relating every death to Mortal Kombat. This video games, like when you get flower power, <laughs> he hits you with a ball that bounces and it hits you in your fucking navel. <laughs> That's where your mind went. I want to play my video games. No, you can't right now. We're we're doing a podcast, honey. Hey guys. Yeah, it's about them, not about you. <laughs> wow. You see how he laughed at that, guys? Yeah, I'm little, in this for you, this but... the look you gave me. You were so mad at me. You were so disappointed. Sorry, guys. What? Are you making my hair stupid? I'm fixing your hair. Is stupid. It, is it... You're stupid. Uh, stop yelling at me. Let's go. Fuck me. <laughs> fuck you, fucker. Hey. Hey. From now on, you address me as Pyrotron. <laughs> the fuck's so funny? All right, let's continue, Pyrotron. Don't do that anymore. I regret it. Okay. So, Larry Arnold, uh, writer of Ablaze. That's how we should say it from now on. <laughs> uh, he conceded that the flammability of a human body could be increased by certain circumstances, such as alcohol in the blood. Oops. Extreme stress. Yeah, he also wrote that extreme stress could trigger many combustions. Now, if that was the case, I would have blown the fuck up a long that's, time that's ago. That's the thing. We'd be so dead. Yeah. I, I would have exploded at the end of my nursing school right before I sat for my NCLEX to get my my license. Remember when I came back from Iraq and I hugged you and kissed you? I remember when you left for Iraq the amount of stress I had. I should have blown the fuck up then. I should have took the plane Both down. Both times. I should have took the plane down from blowing up from the fucking stress. Yeah. Every person on that plane should have blown the fuck up. <laughs> we would all explode just pop, 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 pop. Like a weird jiffy pop. Yeah. <laughs> we we jif- should all just go up in flames jiffy according pop at 1, to this. Feet. Now I'm starting to doubt it. <laughs> I'm going to depend on you, Erica, to make me believe. All right. Well, we can always rely on researcher Joe Nickel. Balls deep. This motherfucker is in it. He's in it to win it. He, I think he wants a Nobel Prize for spontaneous human combustion. Like I said, he he doesn't just study this. He studies many subjects. And yeah. I found him numerous times in Wikipedia articles. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. To be honest, people give two things about him. And that's Jack and shit. <laughs> well, I know who he is. Yeah, what I just say. <laughs> he criticized Arnold's hypothesis, citing selective evidence and quote argument from ignorance. Yeah, he basically said, "Yeah, I I want to address this issue, and I have to say, you're stupid." Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> See, why can't people just? They should do that. Actually, like in the last like presidential debates, I'm not gonna get too political. They should have done that shit, too. They should have been like, all right, you have two minutes. But like, I don't need two minutes. I'll concede my two minutes. Um, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> and it would have worked with either one of them. Either one of them. <laughs> either one of them, the audience would have been like, yeah! <laughs> Hashtag liar, liar. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Except these words. They hurt. End quote. Your hair looks like shit. You look like shit. What was that? His sniff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump's sniff. 
We're not getting political. Okay, we need to get back on task here. You're like you're yelling at the listener. Shit needs to be said. You're like you're yelling at the I'm listener. I'm yelling right at you. Like, hey, listen up, guys. Okay, let's go. Stop fucking about. <laughs> so we've got some notable examples. And these are these are more well known. Yeah, uh, Mary Reeser on July second of nineteen fifty one. Her remains were found among the remnant of a chair she had been sitting in. A chair that had stuffing that's flammable that we heard earlier. That's, I don't know. That, that doesn't make sense. But you said it yourself. It was like 1800 when that shit was written. So go ahead. She was mostly ashes with only part of her left foot still in a slipper and her backbone remaining. Her skull survived as well and it was found among the ashes, but it was shrunken. Now, could it have been shrunken? Like, you know how... They shrink the head. They, they clearly take the skull out and they shrink the head down to like fist size. No, this is saying her skull. I know. I know. What I'm getting at is do you, they do that through uh, tanning and dehydration. Do you think that's what happened with the skull? Like the moisture leaves, does your skull shrink? I mean, I you're like how much percent of you is water? I don't know, but they've actually found this in more than just this case with quote unquote spontaneous human combustion cases where... The skull has supposedly shrunken. And it was shrunken enough, the extent of the shrinkage caused official investigators to remark on it. But the body was almost entirely cremated, which would have required extremely high temperatures. But the room showed little evidence of the fire. She was a known user of sleeping pills, and the hypothesis was that she fell unconscious while smoking and set fire to her night clothes, starting a wick effect. She was found to have reached temperatures of 3,500 degrees Fahrenheit. Let's put a pin in that. You can go ahead and keep reading. I'm going to Google something. You're going to Google something? I'm going to Google something. What are you Googling? Shit, I'm Googling some shit. Ew, why are you going to look up shit? You don't, you don't know my heart. You're gross. <clears throat> so 3,500 degrees Fahrenheit. That's fucking Hot. That's hot. <laughs> Our next case is Henry Thomas, who was a 73-year-old man, found burned to death in his living room in South Wales in 1980. What was left of him was only a portion of each leg below the knee and his skull. The legs and feet were still clothed in socks and trousers, almost completely untouched by the fire. But half of the chair he had been seated in had also been destroyed. His death was ruled, quote, death by burning, end quote, as it was noted he had inhaled the contents of his own combustion. The fucker got lit up in flames and then inhaled it before he died. Which happens, this is a Billy History Corner, happens when you're burned alive. That's what, that's actually what kills you. It's not, it's not the pain of you burning it's you breathing in the heat, breathing in the, the smoke and asphyxiating, and that's what does it. So, like, people that were burned at the stake, it wasn't a fire that really killed. I mean, in the end, it was the fire that did it, but they uh, it was asphyxiation that did it. Yeah. I've actually watched numerous videos of people being burned alive. I'm a gore junkie. Yeah. Um, one of them I watched, it took the poor guy, like, six minutes before he actually stops screaming. So, it can take a minute. So, if this is the case, where people have caught on fire while they're still alive, they would have to be, like, unconscious or 
something would have happened to them to render them immobile because certainly you would feel that and be breathing that in and be screaming and hollering if you were awake. You're still Googling? I'm trying. Just, just go ahead. All right. Next one is John Irving Bentley. He was a doctor who burned to death at age 92 in his bathroom in Coldersport, Pennsylvania. This happened in 1966. A meter reader came to the house on December 5th and let himself into the basement to read the meter, which he had permission to do because uh, Bentley was having some issues moving around. He noticed a light blue smoke, a strange smell, and a neat pile of ash about 35 centimeters in height, which is about 14 inches. Okay, wait, hold on, let me break in. From what I've seen, I could be wrong, be sure to correct me. As with every episode, be sure to correct me. Because I might be, you know, dumb. And every time you do, I'll smack him across the back of the head. Deal? She'll film it. <laughs> I think, from what I've read, 3,500, that's re-entering Earth. I'm not fucking around. That's the temperature? Of re-atmosphere, yeah. Of re-entering Earth's atmosphere is 3,500 degrees. So they got hot enough to be a meteorite? Yeah. Damn. And didn't burn the fucking house down? Or that slipper. That's what I don't get. Okay. This one is one that really... That's why it's terrifying. It could just fucking happen. This one really stuck with me, and this is one you can actually find the pictures of online. So the meter reader, after noticing the smoke and the ash, went upstairs to investigate and found the doctor's remains in the bathroom. But all that was left was the lower half of his right leg with a slipper still on his foot. Slippers. Again. Yeah. And a foot-long square hole in the floor through which his body had slipped in the form of ash. This was the ash pile that he had actually seen down in the basement. The fucking doctors. <laughs> I bet you after this, every house he went to thereafter... They're like, hey, just let yourself in. He was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'll just knock. If you don't knock, I'll assume you you I'll assume you caught fire <laughs> <laughs> with slippers. Don't wear slippers. So what if that's it? It's a slipper. Listeners, thing. take your slippers it's, off. If you're wearing slippers, take the, them off. It's the static electricity when you rub your slippers across the floor. I'm wearing socks and now I'm getting worried. <laughs> so he walked up and found this hole in the bathroom and a foot. But he also noticed that the doctor's walker, whose rubber tips were still intact, and we've already talked about rubber, how it likes to ignite and burn. The rubber tips were still intact. Educational purposes only. <laughs> His walker was laying across the hole in the floor, and the nearby bathtub was barely scorched. So the man just blew the fuck up and burned a hole through the floor, and nothing else was touched. I don't get it. The initial theory was that Dr. Bentley had initially set himself on fire accidentally with his... Self-immolation. No. Oh. Accidentally with his pipe. But they found the pipe on its stand in the next room. Researcher Joe Nickel, balls deep... Balls deep. ...believes that the doctor dropped some hot ashes from his pipe onto his clothing. I know we said Blair's weird. Goddamn, dude. This guy's fucking weird. Yeah, Joe's a little bit weird. It's like it's like spontaneous human combustion took his whole family. Like he's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> he's out for revenge. Yeah, he wants to bring it down. 
No, uh, they actually found on the doctor's clothing there were some dotted burn spots from previous incidents where he dropped ash or embers onto his clothing. So he believed he did, he did that. He dropped some embers onto his clothing and walked into the bathroom to get a pitcher of water to put out the flames. Because they ended up finding pieces of what appeared to be a broken water pitcher in the toilet. So Nickel, ball seep, believes that Bentley passed out before he could extinguish the flames and suggested that the linoleum floor could have helped to continue the fire burning. I wonder if Nickel, like... We'll see. This is what I see. They come across a person with a slipper on, and then they're like, you have the the new guy puking. (laughs) And then the... the Just a minute, boss. And then the seasoned guy is like, sitting there like with a cigar. He's like... Jesus Christ. Call Nickel. And then Nickel <laughs> is sitting on his bed with a gun in his mouth. <laughs> what is this, a lethal weapon or yeah, some shit? Yeah, and then, like, and then, like, he gets the call, and they're like, we got another one. And then he gets his, like, a violin case. <laughs> all of his test tubes no, and shit. with nothing with nothing just a fucking <laughs> just a- vi- empty violin case and he just shows up he's like one more <laughs> getting too over this shit uh, was that a that, saxophone that, no that was le- yeah that was lethal weapon that was the lethal weapon thing right there then <laughs> he shows up he's like get the rookie out of here i've seen this a million times just go cases. to my cases go- open and shut Go to my seminar I'm having at the Red Roof Inn on Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants to go there. No. (laughs) You might find a guy with his pants turned out and his fucking (laughs) socks turned out. (laughs) With $4,000 in different countries' cash laying around him. Where's the baller, yo? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, so... We've talked about some well-known cases that you can easily find pictures of on the internet. So, some not-so-well-known examples start with Jeannie Safin. Uh, in London of, in 1982, she was 61 years old but had a mental capacity of a child when she combusted. On the 15th... <laughs> when she combusted. Yes. I don't know why that sounded funny to me. That's what the witnesses say. Yeah, she had the, you know, uh, 1982, she was uh, 61, but had a mental capacity of a child when she blew the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> well, on the 15th of September, she was sitting in her family kitchen with her father, Jack. Jack was looking away from Jeannie when his attention suddenly turned to his daughter as she was engulfed in flames. Jack and his son-in-law, Don, put out the fire with water from the sink, but Jeannie had already reportedly suffered, quote, full thickness burns. What's that mean? Which means all the way down to the subcutaneous fat. Is that like third? Yeah. This is like on her face, hands, and abdomen. Don, the son-in-law, stated to officials that Jeannie had flames coming from her mouth. (laughs) And made roaring noises like a dragon. Okay, anybody who's ever seen Caillou. (laughs) I'm a dragon. I'm a dragon. I'm five. There is an episode of Caillou. We hate Caillou. I love love Canada 
fucking hate Caillou. This one episode, they have a kid who is supposed to be mentally handicapped. And the thing is... And he has the typical disheveled... They did that. They they purposely drew it in. Yes, the stereotype look of Messy someone. hair, like bags under his eyes. <laughs> and then, like, the, the voiceover was like, Caillou couldn't understand why he couldn't get on the seesaw. He, he was... He was older than Caillou. Why couldn't he get on the seesaw? I'm five. I'm five. It was the <laughs> it was the worst slash most hilarious thing. <laughs> so that's why we laugh hysterically when we hear about dragons because just, he's you, five and he's a dragon. Just YouTube <laughs> Caillou. I'm a dragon. You'll find it. <laughs> I'm a dragon. Well, aside from her having flames coming from her mouth and making roaring noises. Full thickness. <laughs> Does she make roaring noises? That's what it says. Oh she, my gosh! She had flames coming from her mouth and made roaring noises like a dragon. I didn't even read that far. Because <gasps> you don't read. I'm read too, baby. <laughs> Both Jack and Dawn stated- said she sounded like a fucking dragon. <laughs> That's not what they said. That's only what Don said. <laughs> Keep reading. I gotta walk away. Jack. <laughs> Jack and Don state that prior to Janine erupting in flames, that there was no other source of ignition in the room except the pilot light on the stove. Opponents state that there was no damage to the inside of Jeannie's mouth and that flames could not have come from there. She wasn't breathing like a dragon, according to the people that everybody in the world this. Everybody in the world <laughs> knew that, yeah. Medical records also support the conclusion that the majority of her burns were the result of contact with the burning and melting nylon of her clothing. Joe Nickel, balls deep. Call Joe. Suggests that Jack had knocked out used smoldering tobacco from his pipe, which then landed on Jeannie and caused a fire. I think they're reaching. <laughs> well, she was wearing nylon, highly flammable. So, a strange note, the family supposedly put out the fire and called for an ambulance, but police reports indicated that upon their arrival... Constables witnessed Jeannie's clothing burning and removed it after putting out the flames. So what caused her to apparently reignite? Because surely the family didn't let her continue to burn while they were waiting on the ambulance. So, you tell me. I just, I can't get the picture out of my head of like, you're just sitting there hanging out with somebody and you turn. Just, you turn for one second you look back. And they're on fire. And they got <gasps> fire coming out of their mouth. <laughs> what was that commercial? Was it Burger King where the guy would like shoot fire? He'd go, oh! And cover his mouth. <laughs> like that. <laughs> I just can't picture that. It's awful. This whole fucking thing is just awful. But <laughs> I, I just, I, I can't help but be like, I would kind of laugh. I would kind of laugh and have like, not like, haha, look at you on fire. No. But like, what the fuck? <laughs> Exasperated, like, huh? What? 
You know, like National Lampoons when the cat got electrocuted underneath the chair and they pull the chair up. You don't laugh because, like, haha, that's funny. You're like, Jesus Christ, that's awful. <laughs> Poor genie. There's like a human lava lamp, just like. I actually saw a story where a guy, like, died or got horribly burned because he tried to heat up his lava lamp on the stove and it exploded. Good. Yeah. Good. He couldn't wait on it to heat up all the way, so he said, I'm going to throw the fucker on the stove. I wish nothing but the worst for him. And it exploded. Good. So. I just can't believe, like, how, how did he die? <laughs> she went up. She just caught a fire. What caught her on fire? Life. Poltergeist. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't say anything. Mr. Nickel told me to not say anything. I signed a thing he had. He's balls deep, and um, we approve his message. He was very professional. He had a violin case. I knew he was serious. All right. So, so... science can't explain. Um, no, it can't. It can sort of explain them, but uh, these last two? Yeah. I don't know, man. But what about these last two fuckers? Don't call them fuckers. I'm going to call you a fucker. Fucker. We're doing it again? We're doing it again. Fucker. Touche, fucker. Because I'm a baller, yo. No, you're not. You don't have platinum. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Michael Faraday, 76 years old, was found on December 22nd, 2010, in the living room of his home in Galway, which is a county in Ireland. His death was actually recorded as, quote, spontaneous combustion, end quote. Because Ireland knows what the fuck's going yeah. on. By the coroner. That's what the coroner listed it as. When his home was searched by fire service and forensic experts, Michael's body was found lying on his back with his head closest to an open fireplace. But the only damage found was the totally burnt body and the ceiling and floor beneath him. No traces of accelerants or foul play were found, and fire officers were satisfied that the open fire was not the cause of Michael's death. A post-mortem noted he had suffered from type 2 diabetes and hypertension. Diabetes. Diabetes. And hypertension, but had not died from heart failure. The coroner subsequently stated, Doesn't quote, every person that dies, dies from heart failure in the end? Well... In the end, but you have to have contributing factors. I mean, if a person walked in and shot me in the face with a shotgun, I'd die from heart failure. You'd probably die because your brain ceased to exist. The cause of death is a shotgun blast to my nose, but I died from heart failure. Well, I guess technically everything comes back to heart failure. Did you hear that? If you want to get hear, technical. Did you hear that, Celine? Sometimes the heart does not go on, okay? <laughs> The fire was thoroughly investigated, and I'm left with the conclusion that this fits into the category of spontaneous human combustion for which there is no adequate explanation, the coroner said. So, the coroner stated it was spontaneous human combustion. Now, here's the thing. I think this one actually might be attributed to an outside source. His mouth was opened by a fireplace. Didn't it say that? No. Or his face was? His head. All I'm saying is, you know, like you try to light a you try to light a fart. What if he burped and then it just went down in his stomach? 
So now you're attributing spontaneous human combustion to burping and farting? Well, other people are doing it to poltergeist. So what I'm saying is no more wrong. I'm no just as skeptical. right as anybody else. Okay. So this last one, it's a doozy. There's the story of Robert Francis Bailey. He was a homeless man found still burning in a derelict building on September 13th of 1967 in London. I was not around for a chest bump. No. A crew of firefighters, including Station Officer Jack Stacy, arrived. And Stacy was the first up the ladder and through the window. He stated, when I got in through the window, I found the body of a tramp... Which I'm assuming was common vernacular in 67. Sure. Found a tramp of a body named Bailey laying at the bottom of the stairs leading up to the second floor. He was lying partly on his left side. There was a four inch slit in his abdomen from which was issuing at force a blue flame. Now if you recall in the doctor's death the meter reader also spotted a blue smoke coming through. Back to his quote, The flame was beginning to burn the wooden stairs. We extinguished the flames by putting a hose into the abdominal cavity. Bailey was alive when he started burning. He must have been in terrible pain. His teeth were sunk into the mahogany newel post of the staircase. I had to pry his jaws apart to release the body. End quote. The flames had scorched an area of flooring approximately six square feet and had totally incinerated Bailey's right hand. In an interview with BBC Television's Newsright program in 1986, Stacy went into detail. Quote, The flame itself was coming from the abdomen. There was a slit of about four inches in the abdomen and the flame was coming through there at force, like a blow lamp, a bluish flame which would indicate that there was some sort of spirit, or what we would call alcohol, involved in it. There's no doubt whatsoever that the fire began inside the body. That's the only place it could have begun, inside that body. End End quote. quote. Mike Drop. What did Nickel have to say about that shit? Uh, I didn't have a response from Nickel on that, but, uh, hmm questionable yes i just can't imagine somebody's teeth being around some fucking wood yeah he was chomping down on the wood because he was alive when he started burning from his fucking belly i don't know this is scary as shit and you know actually the japanese say that's where you keep your soul in the stomach yeah it's called the hara if i'm not mistaken so this tramp released his soul maybe was it a poltergeist was it a hairy baby? Was it me? If you get that, you get ten gold stars. If you, if you get that, you can be our friends. <laughs> you got anything else to say about spontaneous human combustion? You know? I don't know. Tell it's, me. It's um, just fucking horrifying. It's just fucking horrifying. Where you can just be sitting here and all of a sudden you turn into a fucking incense. <laughs> Just look at that, that poor girl. Just started spitting out fire. <laughs> She's a dragon. Somebody was making a mixtape. She's fine. That shit was fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Oh, we're so awful. I'm not laughing at her. I'm just laughing at the circumstance and the it's relatable to Caillou and we hate Caillou. No, not even her and I do, but not even her. It's just to turn and put like a dish in the sink and turn around the person you were having a conversation with. You turn around, they turn back and there's fire shooting out of her fucking mouth. <laughs> Oh my god! In a roar. I bet you that motherfucker that was trying—that was a meter reader. He ain't no more. <laughs> He's now a patient somewhere. Just like in the last episode, a gas station attendant was no longer a gas station attendant. Yep. Just nope the fuck out. Nope. <laughs> all right, we want to thank you all for listening tonight. We've had a lot of fun. I do want to take this time to thank PurplePlanet.com, JewelBeat.com, and Pond5.com. Want to thank um, Phaser Seven Six Five for the cover art for this episode. Um, as as of right now, what time is it right now? Yeah, as of right now, I believe he is working on some new cover art for the episode. We're gonna do. We're gonna put both of them on there because we're we're, we're very proud. We're crazy like that. We're proud. Yeah, yeah. He he's does. Our, he does great work. He's our son, and he does amazing fucking work for a twelve year old. Let me tell you. Yeah, I'm not even saying that because he's our son. I'm saying that because I would look at him and be like. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. You're he's, you're he's 12. 12. Yeah. But he gets his smarts from a long line of smart people. And and, let's, and let's not his put, artistic abilities from a long line of artistic people. And and you. Uh, yeah, and sometimes <laughs> when he farts and laughs, <laughs> that's dad. No, that's he gets, dad right he there. He gets a lot from you, honey. Farts. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Farts and video games. Yeah. <clears throat> I also do want to thank at this point uh, CCR Cave Comedy Radio because I don't think I would have ever been into podcasting if it hadn't been for them. And actually, much respect. Actually, you should you should give a shout out to me. I want to give a shout out to Billy Jones. Because he introduced me to podcasting. Thank you. I introduced you to CCR. You did. You did. I never listened to any podcast until Billy introduced me to CCR. And I've been hooked ever since. Yeah. And it spread into all kinds of other shit. But see, um, you and I go in different directions. You you go into... Uh, like, you and I both go into comedy. Mm-hmm. And um, macabre true crime mm -hmm. and you veer off into um true crime and medical well i'm a nurse i'm kind of yeah, inherently yeah, yeah just abnormally that. type of that you know anomaly or whatever the fuck that word abnormality is. i go into more of the um serialized i go into um no sleep podcast you like the creepypastas creepy po any creepypasta i dig I do in the right circumstance, but it's not something I listen to all the time, so... I love it. Oh, and by the way, if you listen to us at work, and if by some chance you laughed, and like, what are you listening to? Just say some drunk bitches. <laughs> Just listen to some drunk bitches. Yeah, bitches. Yeah, bitches. <laughs> Mall bitches. <laughs> and if you get that reference, you can also be our friends. <laughs> what a bitch. Oh, he's such a bitch. All right, you guys have a great day. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much, and we will catch you next time. I'm still working on that website. Insert website here. Dot com. <laughs>
Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>